Welcome to the CEC Report. It's the 6th of September. I'm Robert Barwick. I'm joined today by CEC leader Craig Isherwood. Welcome, Craig. Yeah, thanks, Robbie. In this week's CEC Report, thousands rebel against cashless communism for the banks. And crooked KPMG is scamming Parliament to create a financial surveillance state. Mm. So, Craig, big show we have today. Let's get straight into it. Thousands rebel against cashless communism for the banks. Before we get into some specifics, I want to give people a backdrop, so we'll plug the alert service. This latest issue of our alert service, which people should, if you haven't got one before, call in on a toll-free number to get a copy. It shows that the central banks of the world know that the global financial system, current global financial system is falling apart. That's a given. Yeah. By all their actions, that's a given. And we went through some of the details of that last week. Um, the fight now is who will replace, who will decide what the new system will be, yeah. right? Because there has to be a new system. So that's why the headline here is end game, the fight for a new economic system is on. Um, what the central banks are pushing, and they do this as a, as a collective, right? They're mm -hmm. a cartel, sent it in the Bank for International Settlements, run by the big ones like the Bank of England, etc. Um, they're pushing various flavours of fascism, right? Extreme monetary policies, a new global currency that will require a one-world government to, to um, enforce it. Direct, even, this is, we covered this a bit last week as well, direct intervention by the central banks into elections. They will decide who will be governments so that they get the governments that best serve this new financial system they want to create. Yeah. All right? I mean, this well, is that, what we that, call that, fascism. That, that you're right. Absolute classic fascism where you're pushing the, you know, what are the banks? The banks are all private. Probably. Yeah. So therefore, you are, you're, you're getting a government that's allowing private entities to control the decision-making process of the people. And one now, thing people don't know about central banks, they, they tend to think of the central bank as part of the government, hmm. but they're all independent of the government. They have the power of government, yep. but they're all captured by the same private banks. They that's work right. for the cartel. Well, a lot of people call us up and say, oh, but isn't the, um, uh, isn't the Reserve Bank private? No, it's not private, but as you say, it's made up of all these private ex-bankers and, you know, people that have, have a very deep history in the private banking system. So, and the other thing is, it's, it's you know, I'm not sure what the date is, but it's been uh, hived off as being, I think it's 93, completely separate, independent yep. of any government policy. Whereas before, it was uh, subject to government policy. Yeah, it had a, dem you know, a government, it's the government that's democratically accountable and they, they had a yeah, role over the bank right. and that doesn't happen anymore. So this is what the central banks are doing and... They're, they're, they're resorting to all kinds of extreme policies, one of which, Craig, is pushing the world cashless. Not because it's better for us, not because it's more convenient, it's better for their system and their system of control. So the big news that we're breaking here this week is that there is real evidence now that Australians are rebelling against this in their thousands. And the first number I want to give you came from the Treasury. Now, the Treasury... Um, uh, released on a, late on a Friday afternoon their draft exposure of the bill. Currency restrictions on the use of cash in 2019. Incomplete, right? Here, have a look at this with a great big hole in the middle and tell us what you think about it. Yeah. Well, And everyone said, well, what's in the hole? Well, we don't know yet. Anyway, so they gave two weeks for submissions, right? Deadline for submissions. Well, we went, just before I give you the number, we went through this process two years ago, Craig, with the bail-in bill. Now, at that time, the CEC was pretty much alone in um, blowing the whistle on this bailing bill. But bailing bill was a similar thing, two weeks to, to make submissions to the Treasury. Because we worked really hard to get the message out, we, in those two weeks, we generated 250 submissions. Hmm. 
And we knew that was a big deal because um, some of our people here went and looked at the, the, the history of the Treasury's consultation legislations on legislation like this, and they, a typical one would average 30 submissions. Mm -hmm. We generated 250. All right, so that was two years ago. Well, I have to acknowledge since then, um, and thanks to the bail-in fight, we have a lot bigger circle of collaborators now. And so I want to acknowledge people like Dr. Wilson Side, John Adams, Martin North, and a host of other channels. There's a lot of YouTube channels now that are starting to report this, right? And, and they've picked up on the theme. And in this particular case, Craig, even the crypto community has come in on it, right? And that's mm -hmm. not something that we've ever sort of participated in, but they've, they've come in on it. This submission process, um, the Black Economy Division, which ran it, they wouldn't tell us how many submissions they got. I called up, and I know another person who called up, they were tight-lipped. But another Treasury official, um, under a bit of duress because he was being demanded, why are you being so, why, why are you taking so long to put the submissions out? Because it's been well, over three weeks. He blurted out, well, they've had over four, they've had 4,000 plus submissions. 4,000 plus. This is unheard of for a consultation on a draft exposure of a bill, right? This is incredible. Australians have shown by their actions just how much they hate this idea that their rights can be taken away from them to trap them in banks so they can't escape, just or they, they lose their privacy for financial transactions or they can't escape bank charges and policies like bail-in and like negative interest Forced rates. Forced into the private banking system against your will. And once they saw this bill was there, they've bothered, and politicians take notice of this, mm. right? They notice the effort people are prepared to go to. They're bothered to put down in writing their concern and submit it to the Treasury. Yeah. Right? And that's why Treasury is tight-lipped on this. There's a saying, Robbie, from members of Parliament, we don't read them. That's we right. We just count them. That's right? right. Because that shows the intention of the, of the electors in their area. So they've, they've got that many submissions. Um, the, we're at about 15,000 signers on the, um, the change.org petition, Craig, which given the, there's been some exposure on things like I got onto 2GB twice, including on Sunday, um, which I, you know, um, we don't have time to show that, but people can, we'll put in the bottom, we'll put below here a link, people can listen to my interview on 2GB on Sunday, you just click on it, it'll be right there, you can listen to it. Um, uh, but, but, you know, we're seeing all these signs of people picking up this and getting more and more outraged, right? And what I'm telling you, the calls you're making, et cetera, to Parliament are working. This is sending a loud message to Parliament. And part of that message is you, by your actions, are waking the sleeping beast. The sleeping beast is the broader Australian electorate who, A, don't know, B, don't, are demoralised and don't think their actions will do anything, and when, they, when that starts to change, when they start to know, when they start to do something, politicians realise, okay, the, the, um, the equation has changed here. Instead of it's just us and the media and our, and our powerful backers, financial backers, that's all we have to worry about, we now have to worry about what democracy is supposed to be about, which is the people, right? Mm -hmm. So, now when we come back, we're going to take a break. When we come back, I'm going to report another bit of news where... A former Liberal advisor has got stuck into his own ex-party ex to raise the stakes on this much more. Welcome back to the CEC Report, where we're discussing thousands rebel against cashless communism for the banks. And now we get to talk about that title crack. Because... The other news this week is that John Adams, who is, would be familiar to regular viewers of the CEC, and if you're not a regular viewer and just tuning in on YouTube or Channel 31 for the first time, 
Um, John is a former advisor to the Liberal Party, an economic advisor. He's an independent economist now, but he was a former member of the Liberal Party. He was an advisor to Senator Arthur Sinodinus. And he, when they were in opposition, and he helped, he, he, he thought it was his responsibility to help get them into government. But with the direction they went, he then quit the party, right? Now, this cash ban is the last straw, right? Because yeah. one, John, John has come out and sent a, a very loud message of his own to Parliament this week. He's saying that Scott Morrison is leading a Soviet liberal government that is unleashing communism for the banks. This is the charge of John to his former party. And he said, he's, he's, he's made it public that the reason he said it that way is because he knows that will hurt. The, the, the Liberals trade on this idea of being pro-freedom and anti-communism, right? And it's, it's, so much, it's actually a lot of hype in many respects. But there are people in there who think that that is what they're supposed to stand for, right? Now, one of the ironies here, Craig, is because we've been making a similar point for a long time. But they've used, this is the, the, the party especially, but Labor has become neoliberal as well, but mm. let's just focus on the Liberals. They've used um, the free market to justify financial deregulation that has turned the banks into monsters, mm. right? These, they've gone, they've become spe crazy speculators, gambling like mad, predators to their customers, predators. And I'm reading Adele Ferguson's book at the moment, Banking, um, uh, Banking Bad, right? Mm. It's just a reminder just how predatory these banks were caught leading up to the Royal Commission and still are in my view, right? Mm -hmm. that, that, nothing's changed. Um, so they've, they've done all that. But then, and, and at the same time that the, that the banks do that, these same governments slashed welfare, right? They said they, they applied a free market metric for everything. Oh, that doesn't qualify for the free market. You know, bank, hospitals have to become more free market. Everything has to become more free market. Slashing services and all this kind of stuff, right? This is what they preach, freedom, free market, rah, rah, rah. Um, but then when the banks crashed, when the banks went under, right, when the banks, under for their own fault, what did these governments do? Rushed in to bail them out, prop them out. They, 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 they propped them up with taxpayers' money, yeah. then with printed money, right, and now with bailing, they want to use depositors' money to yeah. prop them up, right? This is what they're, so this is, um, and, and then the other cr crazy policies like negative interest rates. And they've, they've enacted totalitarian laws, the same government that are being used to raid journalists and silence whistleblowers, including financial whistleblowers, and trap and, and, and things like the cash ban to trap us in the banks. This is the liberal. This, this is what John Adams says. This is the Liberal Party being totalitarian communists, but to benefit the banks. So what he's done, what John has done, is launched a poster campaign of a cartoon that he commissioned, and this was with our help. We're participating in this to illustrate his accusation, um, and and he wants and in the cartoon he highlights the victims of the Liberal Party's policies, and he goes through them. They include indebted farmers, right, who are abused by the banks, Australians forced into homelessness, immigrants who've purchased overinflated Australian property. That's a big issue here in Melbourne. Absolutely. Most cities. I mean, you go out to the outlying areas and you know, a lot of uh, in Indian immigrants have purchased properties, you know, for $500,000 or more. Because no one's there to warn them. They just all That's believe right. the hype, right? The, go the government says, one, one guy reported, one immigrant spruker reported the Prime Minister says you should buy a house now. This was, yeah. a, few, this was a month yeah. ago, right? So what is, what's an immigrant going to do? Um, 
fly-in, fly-out workers, right, who have, you know, need a big income to, to service their debts, but it destroys their family. Ordinary middle-class Australian families suffering from mortgage stress. Single mothers facing significant cost of living pressures. Australian marriages that result in divorce given financial problems. Retirees who struggle for adequate heating given record high electricity prices. Australian women who suffer domestic violence resulting from mortgage stress. And Australians who engage in illicit drug activities given financial pressures. That's, this is what John wanted to illustrate as a consequence of this. So this, I just want to play a clip now from him launching this on the channel with, um, in the interest of the people with, with uh, Martin North, and he explains his concept, what he's trying to get across. So, John, we've talked about the context. Now let's talk about the post, a bit of a drum roll, right? Because it's worth looking at this poster in some detail because there's lots of things going on here, isn't there? And, and the cartoonist is uh, a cartoonist from Melbourne. His name is Danny Zemp. Uh, he's an independent cartoonist. Um, so, you know, he's a great guy to work with. Um, we actually went through 12 versions of this too so because I was very particular about certain details about, about how certain people were to look and, and, and what sort of uh, picture we wanted to be able to, and story we wanted to, act, to, act, to be able to tell. So, so yeah, so five, in my view, five key elements. So we're obviously in the middle we have the Prime Minister. Uh, we have the Prime Minister dressed in Soviet fatigue because he is the Soviet leader in my view. Uh, we, we have his, uh, you know, his right hand being pointing up, uh, you know, top at the RBA with the helicopter money. But we also have his left hand uh, that that is tightly fisted, um, and, and, and I and I asked for that to uh, to be drawn that way because of the draconian cash transaction ban bill, which is another element of the poster. So so there's obviously you know the the two sides of Morrison, which is free money for the banks. Uh, and, and, and the vested interests, like the property sector, but also um, a, a, a draconian, totalitarian sort of impulse to impose greater laws and greater control over the population. Um, so, so that's element number one. Obviously, element number two of the poster is the banner at the top, uh, and obviously the, the, the title of the, 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 of the banner is The Soviet Liberal Government Unleashes Communism for the Banks. Um, uh, uh, and, then, and then obviously element three is the RBA in the helicopter unleashing all of this free money on the banking system, um, and we have we have the banks, uh, be, you know, we have all the monopoly bankers enjoying all of this free money, and obviously that goes to the, to the cartelian effect. So, the, so the RBA prints all this money. Uh, the the banks obviously create their own sort of sources of credit as well. Uh, they're having a big party. They're all enjoying the super profits, etc., um, um, and and they're all getting rich. Um, and, and so, you know, people in the banking sector, system have been paid extraordinarily well during this expansion of the bubble. But also, um, people who have owned shares in banks have actually done quite well. Uh, you know, that's point one. And then obviously, those associated with the banking system, like the property sector, because we've got a household debt bubble. I mean, they have also enjoyed it. So that's element two. The, the next element to talk about is on the on the right hand side of the poster is about the cash transaction ban bill. Um, and so, you know, we we specifically had you know the bill and the name of the bill. Sort of drawn up, but we also have a, a individual holding ten thousand dollars in cash being locked in jail. Obviously, we've had a lot more press on this issue in the last couple of weeks uh, uh, now. But when I had showed some people, uh, you know, uh, an early version of the poster, they asked me why is that person in jail, and I said, and I and I, and I actually explained what this whole bill is about. So 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 uh, hopefully, if people are not aware of this uh, of the of this uh, cash ban issue, um, and they see the poster. 
and they see someone being locked up holding a pile of cash, maybe they'll actually trick them, well, why is that person in jail uh, and what was his crime? And obviously they can see that there's a piece of legislation um, that, that, that is sort of central there. Um, so, so that's element four. And then obviously element five is the actual people itself. I think it's worth John talking in more detail about the people down the bottom of the poster, right? Because there are some very important themes there, aren't there? Yeah. So, so, so what I tried to do with this, with this fifth element in terms of the poster, um, I wanted to try to encapsulate all all of the various constituencies that 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 have struggled um, uh, with 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 all of this uh, with all of this policy from from the from from the build up of the debt from from, from the cost of living pressures from from, from the property bubble. Um, but also from from some of the behaviour of the banks pre royal commission. Um, so so a number of these, all of these people have been carefully selected um, to represent different constituencies. And some of these constituencies we 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 have spoken about on on previous episodes. So there you go. There's the poster. Now we're asking people to join this campaign. This is something that's going to sting Liberal Party politicians, especially and members. Right? Sting them. Shame them. If they've got a conscience left, it's going to shame them. Um, so what we're asking people to do, get involved. T- you can get a copy of this on John Adams' website, adamseconomics.com, and on the CEC website, cecaust.com.au. You'll see the thing there. You can download a, a full-colour, high-resolution colour thing, print it off, put it around, put it up as posters everywhere. If you can't do that yourself, feel free to call us on our toll-free number, 1-800-636-432, to, to order a copy or more copies, that, you know, which we'll send to you. Right? You might have to help us cover the cost of postage, but get those out. Get those around. Right? Let's make a big stink about this. But before we go to a break, I just want to ask Craig a question because John rightly has called this communism for the banks, right? and he's right. But it's also right, in fact, even more right, actually, to call it fascism. Because isn't fascism really what is using the power of the state to benefit private corporations? Yeah, absolutely, Robbie. Look, we've been warning about this for a long, long time. And I go back to 2002. Look, we put this new citizen out facing the depression, a fascist police state or economic development. Now, this was under another Liberal government, the yep. Howard government. Howard government. And we, go, we went through the actual the laws that were being passed at that time, you know, dozens of them, you know, I think at least 25 at that point, in order to make sure that the... Uh, the, the state had the power to force people into the private banking system or you know, to lose their rights. So, look, we've talked about this for a long time. When you have this sort of motion that you see the cashless society that are pushing for bail-in, the intention is to prop up the big corporations and the banks. And that's really, as it was that, that is, in that, the fascist era. That's right, as, as Benito Mussolini did. It's exactly the same thing. My concern, Robbie, is this, is that we've had nearly, we had over 40 years of these far-right policies, these real fascist policies that were brought into Australia in the 1970s. You've got nearly two generations of people who yeah. don't know any other economic policies that you can actually have. The CEC represents the idea that you have to have policies that rebuild the physical economy. You don't talk about monetary money in the sense of monetary, uh, you know, money being worth anything. What we have to have is valued credits that are spent into the economy in terms of funding large-scale infrastructure and development projects. Now, th- there's not very many voices out there calling for that these days just because it's drowned out by this philosophy of monetarism, which is now, now you're seeing the fruits of, the far-right fascist policies. And we need to make the government, the state, serve the people again. Well, that's, that's the whole right. idea of government. But government of the people, well, for the Robert, people, Well, imagine, if we had a people. banking system that was under the control of the government. Mm. 
I mean, that's a fundamental... Banks uh, imagine that too, That Craig. was old Labor. Banks imagine that too, <laughs> of course and it scares do. them. Yeah. All right, <laughs> we're running out of time. Let's take a quick break. Welcome back to the CEC Report. Finally, crooked KPMG is scamming Parliament to create a financial surveillance state. Now, I've got a whole bunch of things to go through here quickly, but I won't have time. So some of what I'm about to say is in this, and we're going to do a press release on it. But the, I want to just highlight this first. We'll put this on. You won't be able to see it. We'll put it on the screen. We have produced a chart from a, an authoritative study that shows that this has nothing to do with the black economy, Craig, what's, been, what's been done to Australia. Australia has the 10th smallest black economy in the world. Out of 158 countries in this study, we are 10th smallest. Japan, which is the heaviest user of cash in the world, has a smaller black economy in Australia. And what the chart shows, we single out the, current, the countries in Europe with cash restrictions or that are cashless and they have much bigger black economies. Mm. So let's put that to bed. That argument is rubbish. And you forcefully tell your members of parliament that because you should you keep calling them and calling them and calling them all week. I'll be in Parliament next week making these same points to them. And if they're getting calls from you while I'm there with Dr. Wilson Sy and hopefully John Adams will get to come, um, they will, that'll make an impression on them. Now, so that said, it's also ridiculous that Parliament is looking to ban cash based on a recommendation from KPMG, the big four accounting firm. At the same time, it is conducting an inquiry into the big four accounting firms because of their conflicts of interest. And, and that's even on today's the Australian newspaper front page. Conflicted, warning on big auditors. And there's a parliamentary inquiry into this, right? These institutions have zero credibility. They, they're, they're completely conflicted. So I'll just go through some of the specifics. A former KPMG boss, Michael Andrew, who he, he died two months ago, so I can't speak too, too badly of him. But anyway, um, he was the chair of the Black Economy Task Force that recommended the cash ban in 2017. In June 2018, two months after Morrison announced it, the cash ban that is in the, in the budget, KPMG was already lobbying Treasury to reduce it from five to, to $5,000 and even $2,000. Right, So they're not even happy with the $10,000. And the, the, the big four, Craig, have their own accounting association. And it's called yeah. the Chartered Accountants of Australia and New Zealand. In this submission process, I just talked about 4,000 submissions. There were one or two submissions in favour of the cash ban, including from then. Mm -hmm. Yet CPA Australia, the other accounting association, they opposed it, yeah. right? Oh, well, this won't work. No, the big four one, no, yeah, no, we need it, we need it. Um, why? Why is KPMG pushing this so hard? Yes, it is to benefit the banks generally, but it's more specific. It turns out KPMG is coordinating the creation and rollout of what's called the new payments platform, which is the infrastructure for a totally cashless society. This new payments platform was sort of um, called into, the, the, the Reserve Bank called for this in 2012, right? KPMG got the job of coordinating the creation of it, recruiting all the financial institutions to be part of it. So it's now, this, what, what, where it exists now, it's owned by 13 big financial institutions, including all the big banks. We're going to put a graphic on the screen from their website to, to show that. Um, so you recognise most of those names of the big banks. I want to point out one on the right. Um, that is Inju. Inju is the cashless welfare card firm, right? And this is a company connected to the Liberal National Government. Um, they get $10,000 a pop to administer every cashless welfare card. And they want to roll it out around Australia. Yeah, great for them, right? Now, what I'm going through is, was brought to me by 
my attention by Melissa in Western Australia, and I appreciate Melissa's work. She trawled through the Black Economy Task Force report to, sh to show this. This is a financial surveillance state. And here's a quote. Move from the Black Economy report, move people and business out of cash and into the banking system, which makes economic activity more visible, auditable and efficient. And um, uh, they, this, they describe this new payments platform as a data-rich payment system in Australia. That's what... That is surveillance, surveillance right? Yep. And you can't escape that. They do not want... Privacy has to go so that financial control can reign. But, Craig, we're out of time. Yep. Thanks for joining us. You're welcome. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you.